You're listening to the Journey to Launch podcast, the love and money episode, how one couple got on the same financial page to pay off $32,000 of debt. Welcome to the Journey to Launch podcast with your host, Jamila Souffrant. As a money expert who walks her talk, she helps brave journeyers like you get out of debt, save, invest, and build real wealth. Join her on the journey to launch to financial freedom in, in five, four, three, two, one. Hey, 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 journeyers. Welcome to the Journey to Launch podcast. If you're completely new to the podcast, welcome. Take a seat, buckle up because we are about to blast off to financial freedom. And if you are a returning journeyer and listener, thank you so much for coming back. Obviously, you must like something that's happening here. So that's awesome. Okay, before we hop into the episode, I want to tell you about today's sponsor, Empower. One of the most asked questions from listeners that I get is, how can I save more and reach my goals? And I usually reply with, you have to make it easy and automate it as much as possible. So I'm always on the lookout for solutions for you to do just that, make saving easy and automatic. Today's sponsor, Empower, that's E-M-P-O-W-E-R, is an awesome mobile app that makes saving and managing your money the easiest thing you can do all day. For starters, Empower has an automated savings feature. You can simply tell the app your weekly savings target, and every day, Empower studies your income and spending and automatically knows when to move the right amount of money into your savings account where you're less likely to spend it. It's called autosave. Just set it and forget it. You even get access to a human coach that you can text for personalized finance questions. Download Empower, that's E-M-P-O-W-E-R, in the App Store or Play Store. I downloaded the app myself because you know that I have to give things a try before I recommend them, and I really like it. It's super simple and easy to get started. And for journeyers, that's you, you get $5 when you use the offer code Journey and reach your savings goals. Visit empower.me slash journey for more details. And I'm really excited for you to be here this week. So this week is Valentine's Day. Well, Valentine's Day is falling in the week that this episode comes out. And I thought, you know what? I should do a topic on relationships and money, love and money, because I know that if you are currently in a relationship, whether you're just dating or married, the partner that you're with, and depending on if they're on the path with you to paying off debt and saving and investing and reaching financial freedom, that really affects whatever you're going through in your journey. And so I was all gonna think about bringing my husband back on. So my husband, he's been on the podcast before. So if you are a longtime listener, meaning like you've been here from the beginning, you may have remembered he was on episode 20. So after you listen to this episode, go back and listen to episode um, 20. That's journey to launch.com slash episode 20. If you want to hear myself and my husband talk about what he feels about our journey and money back then. And so I was thinking about doing like an update and having him come back on. And then I came across this amazing Instagram post. So Lido, who is a journeyer, and he's been listening to this podcast for a very long time. He tagged me in a post about he and his wife and how they paid off tons of debt. And it wasn't just that they paid off debt. because I, you know, I see that often where people pay off debt and it's amazing. But it was just the realness of his post where he talked about all the things that they went through and how they're still on the journey and still figuring it out and all the tough conversations that they had to have to get to that point. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to bring 
Lido and his amazing wife, Shamika, on the podcast because I figured how amazing is it to hear from a couple, like the real deal of a couple of what they're going through, how they managed to get on the same page, are still getting on the same page when it comes to money and goals. Because I get asked that a lot about, you know, how do I talk to my partner? They're not fully on board. We have different mindsets about money. So this, I think, will be a wonderful, wonderful uh, conversation to listen to with your partner. If you want to give them a hint if they're not on board yet or just in general um, for maybe preparing for when you do have a partner. So this is episode 139. So if you want episode show notes for this, go to journeytolaunch.com slash episode 139. I'm really excited to have you listening on this conversation. And, you know, I'm really laid back interviewer. So I always tell my guests, just be yourselves. And so that's what this is. It's just a real conversation between myself and a couple who really got vulnerable and shared their struggles and accomplishments on their journey to financial freedom. Now, if you are digging this episode, let us know. Tag me at Journey to Launch. Give some comments, what you loved about it, your biggest takeaway. Share it with your family and friends. And of course, if you want to listen to this with your partner, that's even better. Now, of course, if you're listening to this in Apple Podcasts, that's that purple app on your phone. You can rate, review, and subscribe so that you don't miss an episode. And then, of course, if you listen to it anywhere else, that's fine, too. <laughs> you can subscribe wherever you listen so you don't miss an episode. And then just continue to tell your family and friends. Okay, without further ado, let's hop into this amazing episode. Okay, journeyers, I have a special treat. I think it's a special treat because I am talking to a couple who I met via basically Instagram, right? Lido, you said I can call you Lido, right? Yes, correct. <laughs> Lido and his wife, Shamika. And I just wanted to give a little background because I think it's important to kind of set the stage. But I was talking about before I pressed record that I wanted to do kind of like a Valentine's Day episode. And then originally I was going to like bring my husband back on which I'm sure he's disappointed about to kind of talk about our finances. But then I saw your post, Lito, where you tagged me and just a couple other resources, but you talked about your journey to paying off debt. And what stood out for me about your post is one, like I always see you commenting on my post. I knew you were a podcast listener and a journeyer. And then like you were just so real with you and your wife's journey to paying off $32,000 of debt and the struggles of it and that you're still in the midst of it. And I really wanted to showcase like what it's really like for couples to talk about money, to get through money issues or pay off debt. Because I know so many people right now listening are in a relationship with someone or maybe not. And it's something that they may come across. And I think it's just helpful to have these open conversations. So I'm so happy that you guys are here. Thanks for having us. Definitely great to be here. Lido, you listen to the podcast, but Shamika, you don't. And I was like, actually, that's perfect because I think that's like basically like couples work, like one person, maybe more bringing the other person, the information. And so I thought that we can kind of start there on where you guys are currently financially, like what you did. I kind of mentioned it, but like how much debt you paid off and what got you to this point? Okay. So we recently, since I started to track our spending and budgeting, we paid off $32,000 in the last 18 months. Currently we're at a positive net worth around $100,000, uh, and we got here pretty much. I, I found a podcast. A friend told me about the podcast, and at this time, we had recently uh, relocated from Houston to Dallas, which we are located now, 
And we had saved money, you know, at times, not really with the mindset of paying off debt or investing, but just, you know, we like to travel. So we would say, hey, let's save up, you know, $20,000 by the end of the year. And so we would, you know, reach that goal. Well, just kind of getting introduced to the podcast and learning about the FI movement and the FIRE movement, my juices just got to flowing. So I was like, hey, I would come home and tell the wife, like, <laughs> there's this great thing that's going on. Like, you need to, we need to talk about this. And she wasn't very receptive. I didn't know how to feel about that at the time. And there was a lot of struggles that I'm sure we'll get into, but we pretty much got here because we realized that we are on the same team. And even though we may not necessarily feel the same way about our finances, we dream together and we set goals together. So how do we get there may not always align, but the fact that we are working toward the same goals is always kind of uh, in the forefront of our minds. It always brings you kind of back to together to at least to discuss to the conversation. Right. So right. Shamika, I'm curious, like, so when he, do you remember those moments when he first started coming back and like kind of throwing this on you? Like, Hey, like we should do something differently. Do you remember those conversations at first and how you felt? I did. And to be honest, so I was handling the finances and we always, you know, pay the bills on time. We always had a healthy, you know, we say it now, healthy amount of debt. Nothing exorbitant. We always, you know, if we had a big vacation, we would pay it off very quickly. So we kind of had this system down. So to be honest, I felt a little, <laughs> maybe a little uh, offended. Like, well, it's been working. So what's going on now? Mm-hmm. But seeing his his enthusiasm really brought me on board with it. Um, seeing his dedication because truth be told, you know, he'll come to me with some ideas and he's like on fire with it for maybe a month or two. And I'm like, oh, OK, yeah, babe. So I'll encourage it. But then it might fall off or, you know, have ebbs and flows. But he was really dedicated to this. And he was like, I have dreams for us and I really want to do this. So I couldn't help but get on board. Mm. Now, how long at that point were you guys like together? Because I'm wondering, how, were you always kind of the one in charge of the finances? And here he comes kind of like along like with a new idea. So how long was that kind of like operating for you, that system that you guys had previously? Probably about six years. Yeah, about five or six years. Yeah, We met in 2006. And so, you know, we dated off and on. We got married in 2012. This was about yeah 2018. So about six years. Mm hmm. Yeah. And it's funny because like typically, not typically, I don't know what like the typical thing is, but I would assume sometimes that the person who comes across like and gets really invigorated by financial independence and like really into podcasts is like the one that's originally running the finances or at least kind of manning that kind of ship. But it seems like it was like the opposite. So at what point, I guess, Shamika, were you just like, all right, um, this seems like he's really serious about this, that you were like, all right, let me listen. Let's maybe do something differently. We paid off probably a good chunk just using the old system. Uh, we paid off a good chunk of our debt, but then just seeing that and seeing how enthusiastic he was about it again, really made me sit down and say, okay, let me at least consider it a different way because I don't know everything. And what he's bringing to me is really good advice. So let me at least meet him halfway. We had just gone on vacation at the time 
And he was so concerned about money, but seeing him in the moment saying, okay, yes, we do need this vacation and let me relax and not be so stringent about what we're spending and enjoy the moment. I saw his um, dedication to that. So I said, well, again, let me meet him halfway. So I signed us up for a Dave Ramsey course, Financial Peace University. And that was kind of my gift to him to say, you know, I'm in this with you. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm curious, like you talk about the old system. And so it seems like the old system was like working because you guys are managing your debt. Mm-hmm. I heard you say earlier, like you kind of had a healthier or healthy right. amount of debt. So what mm-hmm. was that debt comprised of? So I had a $5,000 loan that we paid off um, pretty quickly. We had the cars, but along the way we would have hiccups. Like, so we had a house and our AC went out. So we had to replace the air conditioner on that. That was a, (laughs) that was a summer. Um, (laughs) So we had to deal with that. We had um, living in Houston, you know, we're always having flooding and hurricanes. So we would have roof leaks that we would have to pay for along the way. While we were on top of the spending, we would have those hiccups, those major financial hiccups along the way that would kind of throw a monkey wrench in everything. So aside from the car payments and, you know, the mortgage, my student loans, his student loans, my student loans, that credit card and the credit card. Yeah. Yeah. Just one credit card. Yeah. Did you guys work with a budget before finding out like the old system? Was it operated on a budget or just like you had money in and you just spent money as it? So we sat down at the beginning and kind of did, you know, the old Excel spreadsheet kind of method. Okay, this is what was coming in. This is what's going out, but not being as stringent on down to the penny. What was going out? You don't know about it, but I had. Because okay. <laughs> I'm looking at her like, did we? <laughs> we did. But like I said, we weren't meeting every week discussing it or yeah, anything. Not. We just knew okay, the money that we were bringing in, what money was allocated for bills and what we had left over as plate money. Yeah, because before we got married, I was living in Dallas. She was living in Houston. And so we had like this long distance relationship. So we just talked about everything. I bought this book and it had like 500 questions that you should ask your, you know, the person that you're thinking about marrying. And so we, you know, we thought that we combed through finances pretty well. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, you know, once you get into marriage, you realize that, you know, you can never fully prepare for all of the things that come with it. Right. But, you know, I talked about my relationship with money. She talked about her relationship with money coming into the marriage prior. I don't know if this is the time that I should talk about this, but outside of my student loan, the only debt that I had was a Dillard's charge card. And I got that my senior year of high school, I think I had like an $800 limit. And throughout the course of college, I maxed that out. And I think it had gotten up to maybe 1600 credit limit. And that traumatized me, like with dealing with credit. So my first job out of uh, college, I paid it off and I just closed it out, not knowing, you know, about credit history and how that affects, you know, your your credit score. And so I didn't operate with credit cards uh, coming into the marriage. She, on the other hand, had a credit card. And so I wasn't really a high earner. Um, during those years, you know, I just had like a, a different uh, view on money. My thing was, I'm not money motivated. And I told her that, like, I don't love money. Hopefully you can accept the fact that, you know, that's not what drives me. I, I, I love working in the community. I love working with kids, you know, 
And so I don't just want to be consumed with how much money I make. So that that was my spiel to her going into the marriage. Right. And she was more, I guess you were more on the corporate. Yeah, I was on the corporate ladder, not intentionally, but you want to go to school and love what you're doing. And I happened to do that and it kind of moved me up the ladder. So the more money that was coming in, I think we kind of got more comfortable with that kind of lifestyle. So it wasn't a a matter of spending every dollar, but we did enjoy ourselves. We ate a a good portion (laughs) of our budget. Like when I finally saw it in a pie chart, I was like, wow. Like it was rivaling our living, our mortgage. Right. Mm, Right. mm -hmm. Can you share what you, what your line of work is, Shamika and Lito? So I am in right now software. I originally started in oil and gas mainly in the communications space. So I've been everything from a communication specialist to a technical writer to a change management manager. So um, that kind of runs the gamut of what I do. Yeah. And I teach fourth grade math and science. Nice. You're a teacher just like my husband. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I actually, all right. So you, I want to get to eating. I'm, I'm, and I'm assuming you guys, are you guys like sing like without kids? Yes. Right. Okay, because like I remember before my husband and I had kids, that's where a lot of our money went to also going out to eat. And it was way easier before the kids. So but stepping back kind of into your motivation, I love that you actually said, Lito, that money wasn't a motivating factor for you. Like you knew you weren't going into corporate America or wanted to like work towards like a six figure, I don't know, career. You know, some people like that's like me. I just knew I wanted to make money. So I went after that. Shamika, like for you, you were on that track. When you first met and you realized that about him, did that like give you pause? Or are you just like, you know, I love him. Like, I, this is just, that doesn't matter. We'll make it work. I think I had enough ambition for the both of us. Now, money was never my motivating factor. I just knew that coming up and growing up that we lived kind of comfortably. So I just knew that I wanted at least that I wasn't into, you know, flashy things or an exorbitant lifestyle. So I just wanted to be comfortable him saying that never really gave me pause. Mm -hmm. Now, when you are now talking about kind of coming to the space, Lito, like realizing, okay, there's something else like out there. So called financial independence. Like we don't have to be on this kind of hamster wheel of just spending what's coming in and kind of like always trying to keep up. Like what were the changes now? Right. So you had the old system. So you, and then you, you got into to Dave Ramsey, which I always think is a great first step for people mm-hmm. who are looking to, for the entryway. But what were some of the changes that you started to make? And then we could talk a little bit about the other things you started to do. I think the first change was my daily commute. I would listen to music, right? That was just kind of my stress reliever going to work or, or like leaving work. And so that time began to be filled with podcasts and uh, audiobooks. And researching information, uh, just dealing with finances. And my wife has always out earned me. And that's never been a problem in our marriage. I've never felt any, any type of way about it, but I always have wanted to become, be in a place where, um, if we were to have kids that she would not have to work because that's kind of how I grew up. Once uh, my mom had me, she stopped working. And so she was always there for me. And so I wanted to be in a position to provide the same thing for my family. And I knew that, you know, with my income, I was like, well, something has to 
to change here. And so once I knew that, you know, just being intentional about budgeting and saving and investing, that that was a way that I could just make sure that my family was more secure uh, in the future. Mm-hmm. And something, you know, I just, something you just said, because, you know, at first when you said like money wasn't like a motivating factor for you. Mm-hmm. And like, I think at the end of the day, like really like what money provides is options and like freedom. And so like, I think most people, even if they say like they want to go after or they're chasing money, like I knew I wanted to go after and make as much as I could. I really wanted like freedom because at the end of the day, that's what you wanted. And what you realized is what you ultimately wanted. It wasn't about necessarily the flashy stuff like that could be a byproduct of all that but it's really about the opportunities that you could provide for yourself and your family definitely um and neither one of us have been big spenders still aren't big spenders i remember early on in the marriage she she was i could tell she was nervous she came in with a bag and it was from target i think and she had spent like 40 something dollars on clothes and she was like don't get mad at me and I'm looking like, <laughs> you spent $40 at Target, you're good. Like, if that's what I have to worry about, like, have it. We just don't spend a lot. We don't really recommend Like, the things that we weren't being intentional about, which were our date nights, because we, oh, man, we decided to start having date night, I think, early in the marriage, about yeah. year one or two. We were like, okay, we really want to continue this dating thing because I'm really big on researching. And a lot of times I have analysis paralysis and I just figure out like, what's the worst case scenario. Even when I got into teaching, it's like, okay, what am I getting myself into? And I knew that there was a high divorce rate with teachers and just a lot of things that like financially teachers get into binds. So before I jump into something, I want to make sure that I'm preparing myself for that. So I wanted to date her and we would do weekly date nights and we just weren't considering what we were spending. Like right. we could go on a 20, like a 20 something dollar date and we would have just as much fun. But then we would go spend like $70, $80 at a restaurant. And we wouldn't think twice about it because we knew we had the finances. Right. And, you know, when you go back and you add that stuff up, you're like, wow, like, ridiculous. This is crazy. Yeah. So the change was, OK, babe, like I and you you like were so instrumental because you being transparent helped me to be able to approach her because, you know, like just saying, okay, create like a date night. And then, you know, you can talk about finances in that space. And so that that's how I kind of started to include her in, you know, I was like, okay, babe, let's, you know, clear the schedule. We're going to spend some time together. And we always would meet just kind of have check-ins, have check-ins about the marriage. So I was like, how about we, you know, talk about finances and that seemed to work uh, in bite-sized pieces. I could tell when she was like, okay, this is enough. Mm-hmm. And I would bag <laughs> off. <laughs> After buying Dave Ramsey, so, you know, Dave Ramsey is all about getting out of debt. You're in Dave Ramsey or listening to that kind of program, but then also listening to a lot of podcasts or doing that self-learning that I mm-hmm. love that I started to do in the beginning. And what else did you start doing? So I'm, I'm assuming you started to budget and cut things out and back. Like what, what did that look like? Yes. Yeah, so really, uh, to clear something up, Dave Ramsey was her coming into the fold. So that was okay. like maybe what, four or five months ago. No, no, no. That was about a year ago. No, Dave Ramsey no. was, we started that in September. No, no. Remember we wanted to join the class. They had like a February class and we couldn't get into that one. So we were saying, well, if it comes back around, then we'll join again. Okay. 
Yeah, but we still had a lot of struggles. You weren't on board yet. Right. I, you know, I'm smiling as you guys are talking, trying to re- recollect, like, recollect the actual dates. Because I'm like, this would be so me and my husband if we were trying to, like, think back on something. Yeah. So what happened was I became very intentional about what I was spending because I was like, I can't control her. But at least we can kind of just figure out, like, what are our expenses? And then where's the extra money going? And so it was a slow grind with trying to reel her in because... It seemed like she she wasn't spending money at first, but then when I started talking about budgeting, <laughs> I guess she felt like I was trying to put a clamp on her, so she would spend more money. And, I and think every that time. was just a perception thing with you. <laughs> <laughs> it just felt like I was spending more money. Well, you know, I think this is actually important to note because, again, I wanted to have this conversation because I know for a fact that there are couples um, or one person, one half of the couple listening and wanting to kind of get on the same page. So. It seems like perception is everything, right? So Lido, you felt like when you started to get more on the path of financial independence and like getting serious about it, mm-hmm. it was like you felt like you were noticing more spending. And she's just like, um, actually, that's not what was happening was perception. So I wanted to just talk about that. So Shamika, do you remember like those moments? Like, was it really more of like, hey, you're just now paying attention to this, but I've been kind of doing this all along. There's nothing really that much different. Or what was that like? I think so. I think you summed it up perfectly. And to be totally transparent, during this 18-month period, we were doing IVF. So that was a big financial strain as well. And we were helping out family members along the way. Um, So, you know, we had those additional financial stresses on an already strained conversation about finances. That kind of exasperated our talks. And so I think that Nothing really changed as far as my spending habits or what was going out. It was just that we had these other additional stressors that kind of blew up our conversations. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think maybe me kind of pulling back from spending and just maybe seeing her just going about her normal spending habits. Maybe I was a little bit. You went hard about that (laughs) because I'm like, okay, I, I thought we were, you know, and. Of course, she didn't buy in from the beginning. So I've bought in completely. And I'm like, whatever I need to do, you know, to get here. And she's just like coming in. Every time she would bring a bag in the house, I would be so so upset, you know. And then I had to realize that there's a transfer in energy in marriage. I can't expect for her to, you know, listen to, to what I have to offer or even get on board if I'm always making her feel like she's doing something wrong. And the way that I was thinking about it, she was like, just tell me what I can spend and I I can operate like that. And I was like, well, no, if you're going to be spending this on hair care products and, you know, we need to put it down to the penny. And she was like, no, I don't want to do that. And it took me a while to be like, "Okay, let's work together and not this is what I learned on a podcast or this is what I heard and read in a book. Let's sit down and, and make this our budget and not just my budget, because now I did try to invite her in on creating a budget and that is. She was not having that. Yeah, I, I didn't want any parts of that. Why not? It's because his way is not my way. And so the way that he was trying to break it down and upkeep it was totally not working for me. If nothing else, Dave Ramsey gave us every dollar. And that app has been just instrumental in just the way that we've been keeping up our budget. Because I am in the software industry, I'm always working with apps. I love technology. So having it literally at my fingertips, knowing that dollar amount that I can't go over has been tremendous for me. 
because like he said, I would tell him, just tell me the bounds of my spending. Just give me a number and I will not go over it. Whereas he wanted to break it down to the penny. And I think what this app has done is kind of meld melded those two things together. So he has his down to the penny, but I also have my just give me my number. Yeah. And I do want to just take a moment and talk about the concept of spending every dollar. So every dollar is, I know Dave Ramsey's like system and budgeting program. I like and use YNAB and it's similar to that where, you know, it's really making you allocate every dollar. And what I love about what you just said is that what you thought budgeting should be had different ways about going about it, methodologies. And then you, you did finally come to a place where you could agree upon an app or just a system that worked. And I think a lot of times like that could be like the biggest sticking point. Like they think they're so far apart on, on their goals or what they want. And it's really not that it's just like the system. And sometimes like it does take trying different systems and again, like sitting down and like having like the difficult, annoying conversations until you get it right. But I love that you did come together and you you actually saw like what was keeping you stuck or away from his method. Like you just didn't want to be so confined to it. And that's the thing too. So many couples, like one person wants to go all in, you know, like I want to go hard. I want to like get rid of this debt tomorrow. And somebody else might be, well, I'm okay. I want to get rid of it, but like, I'm not trying to sacrifice my life while doing it. Right. So it's like finding that happy medium. Yeah. And it was definitely that he went so hard and all in and I had to kind of break it down in an analogy is like, look, I love sci-fi movies, but I don't expect you to come with me to see every single sci-fi movie. You may like, you know, one or two that I drag you along with, but I don't expect you to love everything about it. So I kind of told him like, share the great things that you're excited about with me and I'll take the pieces and kind of digest it on my own and we can come back together and kind of create our own system. So I think that's what's been happening over the past few months. And so with that, you were able to pay off the $32,000 in 18 months. Right. Yes. And I'll say, I keep referencing that Dave Ramsey came like a year into this process because I tried YNAP at first because everything that you said, I was like, I'm on it. So I tried YNAP. I did it. Like, I think it was like a two month free trial or something like that. And I'm showing her, and this was extremely early, and she was like, nope, don't like it. <laughs> and <laughs> the only thing that I had trouble with with them was, like, I couldn't figure out the credit card. Because I just, I bought into a credit card. Like, okay, let's get a credit card. I got a credit card to, like, earn points. And, you know, I just couldn't figure out how to make that work. Like, because, you know, I was really using a credit card to gain the point. So I didn't know how to input that. And yeah. I, was, I was new to it. So I just went to... I found an Excel um, spreadsheet and I would do that and I would like write it on a sheet. Of, I would write everything on a sheet of paper and then I would put it into the spreadsheet. And so she was just like not having any of this. She's like, Mm-mm. it's too complicated. Like, it's, yeah, it's, right. Yeah. Because yeah. I'm a numbers person. <laughs> right. And here I am working with engineers all day who spreadsheets are their jam. And I'm like, I'm, I'm the creative one. I'm not having any of that. So right. <laughs> that's right. not going to work for me. So when you finally did find the system that worked, that allowed you to really get hyper-focused on the debt. So what debt did the $32,000 like comprise of? What was that that you paid off? Her car. My, I had three separate student loans that maybe they totaled about maybe $9,000 at the time. 
originally started out at like 13.5. And then she had a credit card that we would use like for trips and then we would pay down, but we had, it was max. I think it was like at 12. Mm. And so, yeah, that that's pretty much all of, all of the debt that we had, not considering our, our home that we are renting right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but I found a debt calculator, debt reducing calculator, and it had like the avalanche method and the snowball method. And I was like avalanche all the way, you know, like the numbers make sense for avalanche. Mm-hmm. I was like, I don't, I don't need to see the small ones roll off. Like this is where most of the interest is coming from, even though it wasn't like a big difference. I was just like, yeah, we could save $200. Let's do it. Right. And, and so, let me just jump in just in case anyone's like just coming in like and not really understanding that. But the avalanche method is when you're paying off the highest interest rate first of debt. So, you know, you add up all or you do get all your debt listed out and you sort it by highest interest rate to lowest interest rate debt. And then you can also sort it by lowest balance debt to highest balance debt. So when you choose to pay off the highest interest rate, it's called the avalanche method. When you choose to pay off the lowest balance, that's called the snowball method. And like, there's typically like different reasons why you may want to go with both. Technically, you save more money and interest by doing the avalanche method because you're paying off the highest interest first. But some people like to start with the snowball to get that momentum going. So you said for you, it was about, okay, let me look at the highest interest rate. And that's what you tackled first. Yeah, that's what I tackled first. She was pretty much on board with that. And then the second thing was, okay, let's cut expenses. So where could we cut expenses? So, oh man, like, okay, if we get rid of Netflix this month, like, Mm -hmm. and we, you know, get Sling TV, can we cut this? You know, so we had cable maybe one time since we've been married and it it was cost effective because it was kind of bundled with our internet. So like cutting the card, um, subscriptions, like canceling subscriptions that were just rolling on and on and on that Mm -hmm. we weren't using. Um, and then that we got to a point where it's like, okay, we really can't cut anymore. So then I'm like, we, since we relocated, we've been living in apartments. And so I knew leaving a home and like a house and then coming up here and living in apartments, I kind of allowed her to have her way at choosing apartments, even though like the apartments that I lived in when I was single were way different, different from like what, but I'm like, I'm, a I'm married a, man should I'm live a married in. man. Now. <laughs> <laughs> And so, like, I'm looking at how much we're paying, though, and I'm like, man, we're paying more than, you know, our mortgage. And so I, it was okay, babe. The second time we chose an apartment, I was like, okay, here's some options. And we ended up choosing one. It still was like way too much for me, but I was like, okay, we're cutting the You're price. compromising, right? We're compromising, right? <laughs> and then, like, so now we fully downsized. Mm-hmm. Like, she said, she's been on board, and we're in a uh, one bedroom now. And yeah, we're safe. Like from where we just came from, we're saving like $350 a month just on rent. Mm. And you know, that's the thing too. Like if you're looking at your budget, that's the thing together when you're single and you like, you can make a choice like, all right, I'm going to like go live in a basement of somewhere or get roommates. Like it's, it's only one person to convince and that's yourself. Mm-hmm. But then when you have like a partner and then, I mean, when you add kids in, that's even harder to kind of like make those decisions then you can do those kind of things, but it takes like the conversations, but cutting the living expenses and food and like transportation are the, like the biggest cuts you can make, but they're also like the most uncomfortable for a lot of people. True. And I came into the marriage with a car that I bought really a little bit after we first started dating, like 13, 14 years ago, my first car that I purchased, I purchased it cash. And that was one of the best financial decisions that I made. Because soon after, you know, was 
2000, what, 2008, 2009. And I was wanting to buy a brand new uh, Chevy Silverado. And I was going to spend all of my cash that I had saved. I think I saved up like $15,000 working my first job because I'd stayed at home with my parents. And I decided to buy a five-year-old Toyota Camry. And I loved that car. She hated it. I just found out like in recent years that she hated it. And it was on its last leg. It had to go. Uh-huh. Yeah, I could have got, got another <laughs> five years out of that car. And so, yeah. So when I actually, we, when we paid off our truck, I had a wreck and, you know, I was knocked off the road. I hit a tree. It was totaled. And we just paid it off. Yeah, we had mm-hmm. just paid it off like in months. And so I was like, you know what? I think they gave us $8,000 for it. And I was like, I want to just buy something for 5000 because, you know, everybody's like $5,000 cash car. And I'm like, I'm trying to find it. Mm-hmm. And she was like, not impressed with what I was looking at. And so I compromised, but I think I made a good decision. And it was just kind of like down to the wire because we had had this rental car and they, they stopped paying for it. And she was like, you have to get something. And the cars I was looking at, I was just like, nah. So I ended up, you know, getting uh, the car that I got. I got a 2010 Ford Fusion a hybrid. And I was like, we're going to save on gas. And I think we ended up just having to pay like 300 extra dollars. Not um, even that, just a hundred dollars. Yeah. So how much was that car? It was like 8,300. Mm-hmm. And you pay cash. And I think that's just important to note because people will also say, like, where can I find a reliable five to eight thousand dollar car? Like that kind of comes up when people are, are talking about trying to buy a car versus like the more expensive ones that look better or more flashier. But for the place that you're in financially, it's just not the best decision. Yeah. And I I like to believe even if I was financially independent right now, I still drive something like that. Like my first car out of high school was like a 1986 Civic CRX. And I was everywhere that everybody else was. So, like, I got over that quick. So, I'm not a really big car person. <laughs> Shamika's like, well, I am. And I'm going <laughs> to <laughs> I do like a nice car. It doesn't have to be the top of the line, but I do enjoy a nice car. Well, yeah. and it's fine. I think, you know, it's okay for people to have different wants and goals. I mean, if you think the same that can work like really well. But I know, again, like for myself and my husband, like I don't care. I, when I was in my 20s, I cared about my car. So I spent a lot of money and got a luxury car. And now I don't care as much. I know my husband, though, cares. So I always say I want to like get him like if we get to that point, where we have enough money. I'd love to like get him a nice car again because I know he cares about that. Right. And yeah. I think it's OK to have a difference of wants and dreams and opinions as long as like you can come together and do what's best for the right now right like right now it would not make sense for us to get a luxury car like we can't afford that but if we could why not kind of feeling definitely and the IVF situation has really been like a really big point in our marriage like I think we've been trying now for about seven years yeah seven years and we were one of the first out of like my circle of friends because I have like a lot of close friends and I was we were one of the first couples to get married and so a lot of our friends got married after us and they're having kids now and that's you know been hard uh with us because at times we're like okay we want to do IVF okay we want to like we're tired her body needs a rest Mm -hmm. and um like so that coupled into trying to get our finances in order has really added an extra strain just on the marriage. So we paid out of pocket. I think it was right around, it was maybe a few months into mm-hmm. us budgeting. Yeah. We just found out like we had 
to pay like ten over ten thousand dollars. Yeah, which is you know reasonable. We do yeah. have um pretty yeah. good health insurance coverage for it, but um when you're trying to you know pay off debt, it was a big strain on us. Yeah, yeah. And especially when one person feels more strongly about mm-hmm. that than the other, that that was definitely a test. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I can imagine, and this is like the thing again with money, it's like, and just goals, right? So you can have a, like a really important goal of paying off debt, but then there's these life goals that supersede any of that sometimes mm-hmm. where it's like, no matter how much it does cost, like it's that important to you. Like it's not about the money anymore. Right. So, all right. I'm loving this conversation. I really hope that it's bringing a lot of insight to um, people who are wanting to have this conversation, or maybe there's some couples listening. Let's just say there's a person listening and they want to be able to talk to their spouse or partner about money. Like they, they're like, you know what? I would like to get more serious about this journey. I just don't know because maybe they don't think their partner is going to be receptive. What are some tips or best ways that you think someone should approach someone that they are kind of afraid to talk to money about or that they just are unsure about how to start the conversation? One is just developing a system where you're communicating on a regular basis. I wouldn't start with finances. If you don't already have that, just have weekly check-ins, bi-weekly check-ins where you're just listening to your partner, you're you're understanding their wants, their desires, their fears, you know, and just becoming really intimate where you're not having to guess about where they stand and then, you know, share and and sharing what is important to you, you know, maybe just introducing that, hey, I really want security for our family or I really want for us to be from up under debt and share the why. I think sharing your why uh, will connect with your spouse or it should connect with your spouse. And then you can build from there because if there's love there and if there's a genuine respect for each other, then I would do anything for my wife. And so even if it meant not being able to retire in our 50s, then so be it, because she's more important to me than any financial goals. And so I think maybe approaching it from that standpoint, as opposed to this is something I think you need to get on board with, because what we're doing right now isn't really working. I think just coming from it from an aspect of trying to deepen the intimacy and understanding of one another inside the relationship. And then understanding that it really is a journey. And just because you are where you are with it at that particular moment, it may take your spouse a minute to get there, but being diligent and having the heart conversations, the hard and heart conversations to um, kind of gauge where you're at mentally and emotionally because there is emotion tied to money. So just getting a basic understanding, I think, will help kind of navigate how you approach those conversations. Yeah. And I love that you said start with basic communication first, like not even money, just make sure you're on the same page and start with the love first and the connection and then build the money on top of that. Because if you already don't have that and you just introduce money conversations that, you know, that you both may not be ready for, that can just just make things even worse. Right. Yes. So in terms of future goals, like what are you working towards? So I know you paid off a ton of debt, right? Like, are you still looking to pay off debt? Do you have debt still outside of your mortgage? Are you looking to retire early, reach financial independence? I heard you say in your 50s, possibly that may be a goal. So share kind of what's next or what you're working towards. Real estate investing this year, we want to sell our house and we want to purchase 
possibly a duplex. We want a house hack, get out of the apartments, house hack, and then save up. We're working towards saving up a six month emergency fund. And uh, we have started to uh, open up a Roth IRA. Nice. Uh, we're going to do both one for both of us. We're going to dial down her 401k contributions to only the match. And until we can, you know, uh, get our six months of expenses saved up. And yeah, so real estate investing. And the goal is I want her to be able to retire at 50. Amen. Now, <laughs> will she retire? Like, both <laughs> of us have talked about it. Neither one of us think we'll retire, you know, but to be able to choose have what we do, have the option, right? And so, like me, I don't I think I'll just always be, have my hand in something, but I want her to have that option at 50 to just not work. Oh, you're sweet. <laughs> so, and I didn't really ask you your age. If you don't want to share, that's fine. But kind of how far away of a goal is that? Like the 50 mark? Oh, gosh. <laughs> I'm, I'm 36. Could... So I'll be 37 in May. And I'll be 36 in May. Okay. So you're still young. It's funny. We're the same like age. So and mm-hmm. I still kind of feel like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm in, in my yeah. mid thirties, but <laughs> I'd love your openness. And I'm like, I'm so grateful that you guys came on the show to share this. Cause I know that this is going to help people who are either seasoned people, like couples that talk about money and people who are just like starting the conversation because like really being honest that it's like not always easy. Not everyone's always on the same page and that you still have a ways to go. Right. I think again, it's the journey. Some of us are years out from some of the goals we've set. And so you got to find a way to make it enjoyable. And especially if you're with someone like on the journey, like correct. Correct. Yes. Okay. So you guys also have a podcast. Um, I was checking it out and you talk about like marriage and relationship stuff, right? Yeah. Can you share with everyone where they can find you and like kind of cheer you on on your journey on whether that's like social media or the podcast? So the podcast is called The Marital Mission. We are on Instagram. We're on Facebook. We're on Twitter. We haven't been as active these past couple of months, you know, trying to get out of debt and traveling and doing some other things. But we're definitely ramping up this new year with a new vigor. So be sure to check us out. Yeah, and I will tag all that. I'll get all that information from you guys and put it in the episode show notes. Thank you. When you can listen to podcast, wherever you can listen to podcast, pretty much we're there. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks so much again, Lito and Shamika, for coming on and being so open about your journey. And I wish you much, much success. Thank you so much. Okay, I really hope you enjoy that conversation with Lido and Shamika. I'm so happy that they were able to share their story and I hope it helps you. So if you are in a relationship with someone that you want to be able to kind of speak more openly about money or get on the same page or just reaffirm your goals together, this is a great episode to listen to together. Hopefully this will also help you maybe think of ways in which you can approach the conversation. Again, if you want the episode show notes for this, go to journeytolaunch.com slash episode 139. This is episode 139. And then as always, if you enjoyed this episode, share it with me, tag me on social media. I'm at Journey to Launch on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Share it with your family and friends and tag me. Let me know what you thought of it. Also, if you are listening to this podcast, wherever you listen to, really, just make sure you're subscribed so you don't miss a thing. You can listen to this podcast really anywhere. So if you have an Apple phone, you can listen on Apple Podcasts. That's that purple app on your phone. 
And you can also listen on your Android phone. You can listen in Spotify, on YouTube, literally anywhere. Just go to journeytolaunch.com slash podcast and you'll be able to find where you can listen to the Journey to Launch podcast. All right. So until next week, keep on journeying, journeyers. Journeyers.